Podcasting from the Chicagoland area, this is Game On with Jackson Stewart, where we discuss men's lifestyle, focusing on sex, fitness, relationships, business, and more. We'll be interviewing the best of the best, the hot shots, and the rising stars in the worlds of modeling, fitness, cooking, and more. Influencers who are discussing keeping it sexy while at the top of their game. I'm your host, Jackson Stewart. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the game. This is Mike Montague with Playful Humans, and you're listening to Game On with Jackson Stewart. The game is made better by amazing players. People who understand the core concepts of connection, style, and all the things that make us who we are. That being said, the game is made almost perfect when you have not one player, but two. Our guests this evening are Michael and Siobhan Ballard. This award-winning, film-producing, amazing couple are both powerhouses of counseling and also juggernauts on TikTok and several other social media platforms. The two speak and advise with not only a religious faith in God, but also with real-world knowledge of heartbreak, divorce, domestic violence, and healthy, vibrant concepts of sexiness. In addition to excelling in all these areas, the Ballards from Coach My Love are Game On's guests tonight. Everyone, you've heard the introduction. Now join me in welcoming to the show from Coach My Love, the insightful, the powerful, and the inspirational Michael and Siobhan Ballard. How are you guys doing? Oh, wow. Hey, guys. We are excited. Yes, I'm just... uh, Thank you for having us on the show, Jackson. This is amazing. We love the show, and we just can't wait to just get get our brains picked by you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys are doing me the honor, and I'm glad to have you guys. And let's kick off uh, by letting the audience know um, what username they can find you and on what platforms. Our handle is Coach My Love. You can find us on TikTok. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, everywhere. Nice. All, all the things, as they say, right? That's right. Uh, so where are you guys from originally? Well, we were originally from Chicago, Chi-Town in the building. <laughs> Uh-oh. In city. You know what I'm saying? Chi-Rock. No, no, no. No, not Chi-Rock. Not that part. Not that part. Um, uh, and uh, now we moved to Miami South Beach and uh, since December, man, and we're just loving it. We're loving the transition. It's funny. There's um, we had a guest on uh, Malika Sutton and she grew up in Chicago and now she's in Florida. She's a she's a model. She's a, a boxing model and, and, and fitness expert. And the whole point we were talking it, when I talked to her, it was like January up here. Mm. And and she was down there and and the like the internal jealousy that I had all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> right, the silent hate. Yeah, the hundred percent. Because she's like, yeah, you know, I gotta go outside and you know get something to drink real quick because it's like eighty five and I'm looking at like polar <laughs> vortex warnings like don't leave your house. <laughs> right, right. Before COVID, we've already been quarantined. A hundred percent. Because you know, <laughs> once it hits like. Uh, once it hits like November and it's not warm until like April, you know, you ain't, mm-hmm. stay inside. It might get you. Hey, sometimes it still snows in May. I've seen it with my own eyes and that's what I knew. I had to get out of Chicago. A hundred percent. How'd you guys get into uh, the coaching business? Because, you know, from Chicago, now you're in a uh, South Beach. That's, uh, you know, what, what's the path that led you guys together and then to make that jump and then to end up in, in helping people out with their relationships? Well, you know, it started back in 1980. No. <laughs> 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 um, you know, uh, I have been in, uh, I'm also a pastor. I'm a pastor. I'm a writer. I work in the entertainment industry in Hollywood. A very unique combination, right? Um, and I've been counseling for years. And so that combination, which is a very unique combination, had me started really fighting for families 
um, when my first marriage failed, um, I began to try to figure this thing out called love and heartbreak. Heartbreak was the catalyst for me. And it's a, if you've ever experienced heartbreak, man, it's, it's a, a, I would wish heartbreak on anyone. And it's crazy because I look around and everyone wants love, but don't nobody really seem how to do it. And it's like we want this thing that we fail miserably at. And so I went on a journey to figure out not how to make uh, marriages work or relationships work, but I wanted to know the why. What was so important? What was so magical? What was so mystical about love? And that really sent me on that journey to understand the why of marriage. And so even in that, me and my wife, we've been friends. Even through my first marriage, uh, we were friends. You know, I met her years ago um, and we just stayed friends. And so I kind of let you tell you tell how her journey started. Yeah, so um, for me, I became a relationship coach um, out of heartbreak also. I met uh, someone back in high school, and we were off and on in a relationship for about 12 years, and the relationship was very toxic, very abusive, and um, took me through a whirlwind of, uh, how do you say, emotional ups and downs, spiritual ups and downs, abuse on so many different levels, but um, by God's grace, I was freed from that relationship, and when I came out of it, I was a totally different person and had to refine who I was, but the learning lesson that came from that relationship taught me that I wouldn't wish this on anyone else, and I want to be in a position where I can educate other men and women on what those toxic signs look like, because abuse is bigger than a black eye. I had never had a black eye, but it was abusive physically and financially and every other way possible. And we have this misconception of what we think a bad relationship looks like. So for me to become a certified relationship coach and a domestic violence advocate with a specialty in narcissistic abuse, I've been able to, through Coach My Love with my husband, help so many people with that. And that's been my life's journey. Yeah, we had a... uh in hearing you guys talk, we had a, a guest a couple of shows ago and he brought up a term and I just, I feel like this totally applies to, to both of you, the wounded healer. And, mm. you know, he was, he explained it, that the wounded healer is the person who like they can heal people with, with an, with an efficiency and with the style of communication. It's almost like, like magic, but it's because they've been wounded and they know what it feels like. And I'm sure, you know, I'm paraphrasing it and I'm probably botching it all up. But in essence, like you guys having come from heartbreak are right, are more educated and more, more uh, energized to help others because you you know where you're coming from. You know how bad it is. So I think that that's key that of what comes out of what you guys say. Oh, absolutely. It, it definitely gives you a, a totally different level of empathy for people in those situations, because it's one thing to read about it and hear stories, but when you live it, you see the cracks and corners of those stories that a lot of people who have not experienced it can't even speak of. Now, you, yeah. you guys go from, you know, you guys go from Chicagoans down to Miami, you know, mm -hmm. have, have now moved into a new, healthier life together. How do you end up on TikTok? <laughs> Man, my wife, you know, the blessing is my wife is 10 years younger than me. So she's up on social media. I come from dial up Internet. Right. I come from um, having encyclopedias and learning a Dewey Decimal. Right. Michael still so, got a couple of LL CDs laying around that you got to use. AOL, <laughs> you know, my first social media platform was Black Planet. You know, that's <laughs> So, you know, this era is definitely I'm thinking, man, is my black planet account still active? <laughs> you see? It threw you back, didn't it? It did. It be like, what well, like, happened to Black yeah, Planet? Black it just kinda Yeah, I'm like, man, I'm I'm probably still getting emails to my hotmail account from Black Planet. <laughs> 
people gonna go back and play? What is Black Planet? It was the official hookup spot. Yes, yo, and it wasn't even owned by a black person. That was funny. Somebody just found uh They found a market, man. They jumped on it. It was the market, and he opened up the world of social media. And so, you know, my wife is really great at that, being a model and an actress. And she, we tried it because all the other social media platforms were not working for us, like. YouTube wasn't working for us. Instagram wasn't working for us. Facebook wasn't working for us. And probably because it was very saturated. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't get um, Snapchat. Like, it just I just don't understand that at all. And so this thing, TikTok, came up. And what made TikTok even easier is because you really don't have to be that creative on TikTok. You, all you really do is the actual first platform, and you, can, you get points for copying somebody else. Yeah, you know? that's a hundred percent right. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, you and know, so that- well, what I wanted to commend you guys on is like tick. Most people think TikTok. If you're old, if you're in any kind of double digits in age, you're too old for TikTok, right? People think you got to be like like eight or nine, or mm-hmm. you know, you got to be like twenty one, and then like that's the oldest person that people think is on TikTok, but. There are lots of grown people, adults, people who are like 22 and up who are mm-hmm. on TikTok. And, you know, I really you guys are using TikTok. It's fun the way you guys use it, but you're also using it to build your brand, but to help people. And I think, you know, that's uh, like that can't be that can't be highlighted enough. I think that's really important. That being said, what are the challenges in the business? The biggest challenges in the business for you is it is it keeping up with social media? Is it the counseling? Is it both? What's the biggest challenge for you? Well, I would say the biggest challenge is helping people break through the mold of fear. Because a lot of people want help, but they don't want to do the work to get the help. You know, they have this moment of pain where it hurts so bad they want to fix immediately. But healing is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm. And to get people to shift their mindsets to understand, like, it's going to take work on your half. We can give you the tools, but we can't make you do the work. We can't make you or your spouse want the marriage. And overcoming that burden is the biggest challenge, but it's what comes with the game. And that's why we're trained in this arena of love and in marriage and healing because, you know, like my husband said, a lot of people want it, but they just don't know how to get it or why to do it. Yeah, yeah. I think it is bittersweet because we, you know, through help and invested in coaches, we jumped from 78 TikTok people that we had when we first started about a month and a half ago to we're knocking on 50,000 right now. Wow. Um over 10 million video views, went, went viral multiple times, trending multiple times. And on one end, you're like, oh man, this is good. But on the other, it's, it's sad because as many followers as we have, as many videos that we have, as many people who like our content, it, it highlights on how less or low people are and the motivation to want to do the work to change. Mm-hmm. It's easier to entertain, right. but it's hard to and we're in this really to change first to entertain second but more people rather be to be to laugh than to heal and you know we call it the peel in the cupcake so the peel is the medicine we put it in the cupcake for us the peel is the teaching and all those things that they need but the cupcake is what we would consider the entertaining parts but we always try to tie the entertainment because again we're filmmakers so we have an idea of how that works but we always want to add value with the entertainment to either show um, for one we have um, the training video it's the touch like when my husband touched me and you know I freeze and people love it but it's to show like your know, intimacy and touch is a good thing to have in a marriage and we learn a lot from our audience reading their comments and how some people may perceive it versus how other people perceive it. And it's very, very interesting. And I think that, uh, the, the pill and the cupcake is, and that's like the, the master's level of, of trying to get a point across, right? Cause I think when you're trying to teach people and you're at the rookie level, you te- you talk at them. 
And then, you know, you learn more and then you learn to talk to people. And I think where you guys are at with the pill and the cupcake, you're talking with people. And then, you know, and people are going to, you know, if you tell somebody what to do, they'll, they'll dig themselves in the ground. You know, like they, they just, like I've got a sister and if she tells me, if she was, if she knew I was about to run out of gas and she told me I had to go get gas, I wouldn't do it. I would walk as soon as that car ran out of gas because she'll tell me to do something. If she said, hey, would you get gas in your car? I'd be like, oh, yeah, sis, I'll do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you brought up an interesting point because I just really did the psychology behind that. The psychology really is all of our lives, we've been told what to do. Right. From childhood to school to work to everything. And the first thing we say is, when I'm grown, I can't wait to get grown because ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's what you want as a kid, like to be liberated. Right. Right. And, and, and that mentality sticks with us that we hate. I mean, at work, we got to be told what to do. We told when to eat, told when to go to the bathroom. Like when you get free from that, man, the worst thing you can do to tell an adult anything is something. That, like, yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell me what to do. I won't do it. Ask me and I'll give you the shirt off my back. And I think like, you hit on a great point. It said, it said, uh, adult rebellion. You know, it's that little kid in you who's just tired of being told, you know, when to put his head down or, you know, when to put her shoes on or when to do this. Like, you know, it's just that pushback. But I want to know when you guys, you guys are busy, you guys are, are, are partners, you guys uh, have a little one. So what is the yeah. day like for you guys as influencers grind? Like who, you know, what time do you get up? What's the, uh, you know, is there a certain like, like nutrition routine or workout routine or a way you just get your head right? And then when do you start shooting content, all that good stuff? Well, for <laughs> us, it's all about systems. Systems save lives. <laughs> yes. I, I really don't sleep a lot at night because I'm still nursing my little one and he likes to wake up throughout the night. So, um, usually by 6 a.m., Sometimes earlier, my husband is up and at him. He'll take the baby so I can get some rest. Uh, he'll start the work day, and then I get up around maybe 10. I tap in, and we just trade off. We work in departments. So he works on more of the programs and that portion in the marketing. I work on more of the analytics and the um, filing of clients and following up more administrative work. And then we have our set days that we do all filming, all marketing for TikTok. And then we have family days. So it's, we have a really tight knit system that we work. It's like a dance. And, you know, it's so important in marriage. We always say you have to like the person you with, love and respect them because this is not for the faint of heart. You know, and, and I couldn't imagine having or, or trying to do something like this with someone who was just combative and resistant you know it's impossible but it's it's a great system we have and um that's the best way i can sum it up yeah she hit it on the head you know uh, but one thing she i'm up at 4 a.m not oh, six she, she trying to give me my he <laughs> <laughs> just my, he just lays in bed while i do all the work <laughs> right i'm 4 a.m and i'm doing studies and research and watching them sleep because i can't sleep um in Indiana, but I'm doing a lot of my studies because I'm, like I said, I'm a pastor, so I got to do spiritual studies as well. I got to spend time with God every morning, every day. I got to give instructions before because I don't want to just give natural instructions. I want to give it from a spiritual standpoint. And so I'm getting that. Um, I create, I'm, you know, I'm the visionary. My wife makes sure the vision runs. So that's the balance that we have, right? I get the instructions from God. I build it. She makes sure everything internally runs. I can't be what I'm doing without her. She can't do what I'm do what she's doing without me. It's a great uh, example. Our our business life is example of our marriage life, where we depend on each other for the survival. That wasn't by design. I mean, by by you know, have, that's how God designed it. Because at, at one point, I was really resentful and didn't want her to 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 be my partner and and to do this because I didn't understand. Her differences. I, I, and I learned that there, um, one thing I tell people, uh, you don't have to be on the same page in your marriage. You just got to be in the same book. Mm, and that's good. That's a good point. 
Yeah. Yeah. See, we're so busy trying to make people be on the same page as us. No one can read at the same speed as you and they don't comprehend or see the words the same way. The key is to at least be in the same book because if I'm reading Harry Potter and she's reading Game of Thrones, we're going to be all off. Right. And so when I learned that, you know, she's in the same book, she's not supposed to read the same pages. And I began to accept that her wiring is there for a reason. She can't, she's not supposed to be me and I'm not supposed to be her. And when I began to accept that is when our business actually started thriving. Yeah. We really learned how to leverage our strengths and work in our um, gifts essentially because, you know, you have to have a left hand and a right hand. You don't need two right hands. You know, it balances one another. We complement each other well in that. Have you guys come across the situation where um, we we, I, we had a, a mental health expert last year, and he was uh, he started to use TikTok and and Twitter to get through to people, and he got to the point where he had to make the decision whether he was going to keep his um, keep his practice open or go solely just to social media. And he, had, mm. you know, he was weighing about, you know, in his practice, he would help maybe three or four people a day. Social media, he was hitting like 70,000 to a million. Have you guys come to that, that fork in the road where it's like, you know, both, both of your, your, your goals are, are pulling on you and you're, you know, you're looking at which one are you going to have to choose to, or is it, or is it a perfect balance still right now with, you know, the counseling and, and the, the, the TikTok outreach? Well, currently it's, it's, we haven't, I'd be glad to reach a fork in the road like that, you know, and that's a whole nother level financially. What I've noticed is that we're at the stage of brand building right now and trust building. Mm-hmm. We haven't crossed over to, Hey, I want to invest in my marriage and I want you guys to walk me through that process. That's what we're trying to get to right now because people, they get the help. They get the, they, 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 they know who we are. You know, they say, someone says, first you get them to laugh. Then you get them to like you. Then you get them to trust you. Then you get them to uh, invest in you. Mm. So, um, we're at the point of making them laugh, uh, making them like us. They're, they're trusting us. And, but we're still building that trust more. And then we want to cross over to the investing. Um, so when people can say, okay, hey, I'm ready to walk through that transformation. What does it take for me to do that? And that's what we're working toward right now. Because no matter how much, just like your show, anything we do, people don't understand there's an investment on our part to be able to provide and entertain. Yes. And at some point, we need people to invest in us so that we can continue to do more of it. And so... That's where we are now, where we're trying to get people to understand it's an investment to invest in your life, to invest in your resources, right? And trust us enough with that process so we can help you. So that's the, that's what we are currently at in our building stage. What's your favorite part of the business? For me, I would say the entertainment, <laughs> the creative side. Uh, I really enjoy creating the TikToks and the uh, audience engagement. That's one of my favorite parts. Equally as favorite is when we're able to reach out and connect with couples and women and men individually and give them information that changes their lives. Like to have people reach out to us years later with, you know, we had a conversation in 2017 and that changed my life completely. You freed me from a relationship of domestic violence and, you know, my life hasn't been that way since. And to hear those transformation stories is what really uh, makes all the difference and motivates me the most. So I would say those are actually my two favorite parts, to see transformation and to entertain the world and teaching. And my quote about you. For me, it's and and and, and this it could and this could sound a little self-centered, but it's my personal growth and 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 understanding relationships that I enjoy the most because transformation when I because I and I switched it to 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 myself because when I put it on trying to determine my success by someone else's growth, I would fail 
because everyone grows at different speeds. Somebody may get something today that it may not turn on for two years. And so if I looked at that, that, that encounter and think that why didn't they change, then I would feel defeated and feel like I, I was a failure. So I internalized it and said, well, what did I learn from that interaction? Like you said today about if I don't grow from meeting someone that I failed. And so I started looking at it as, man, I'm learning so much more about my own relationships, my own marriage from dealing with people. And that's what keeps me going. What's the uh, what's your least favorite part of the business? For me, it's seeing people wanting help, but won't take the steps to get it. You know, I, I think when you have someone that you love and you can, you know that if they just do this, they will get better and they don't. And it's like right in front of them. That hurts because it's like you don't have to suffer. All you have to do is do this step and they step around it mm-hmm. and step instead of step through it. You know, I, I, I feel like that's even how God feels that he's like, I'm sitting with all these answers to help you and you just won't do it. And that's, that's the hardest part for me. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with what my husband said. That is the toughest part about being in this industry and um, seeing people suffering when they don't have to. You know, when there's a solution here that we went through a fire so they wouldn't have to. We created curriculums and have seen transformation. And it's a gift that we want to give other people, but they are so defeated and feel so hopeless that they feel like this just probably isn't even worth it for me because my marriage is so far gone. And they've lost that hope to even try anymore. So rather they just continue pushing along in their marriages and relationships and just suffering their way through when they don't have to. Yeah, pain and pain and suffering, it's a they're very interesting in that you know it, I think mankind is the only animal that will stay in pain. Like any other animal on the planet, like does its absolute best to not hurt. And, you know, like if the forest catches fire, everything runs. <laughs> it's like, nope, not a good place to be. But, you know, mankind's like, man, this is really burning. I don't know if I want to get out of this fire. It was good once. Maybe it won't burn me as much next time. There's something, you know, we're, we're unique in that. And, and it's not a, a good uniqueness. Um, if you had to give one piece of advice, and, and this is going to be a question where it's like, oh my God, this is such a big question, but, um, one piece of advice for couples, one piece of advice for single men to be just better, like one thing that they can do to just level themselves up right now, what would it be for couples and for single men? Easy question. Easy question. <laughs> okay. So, um, one piece of advice I would give couples, no matter where they are, don't wait until it's too late to strengthen your relationship. Most couples wait six years before they get help. And by that time, it's already too late. If your marriage or relationship is already in a good place, seek help so you can maintain that goodness and continue to grow and develop new skills. Because the person that you are today you won't be a year from now. You will be different versions of yourself. So find some tools, find some tips, find a great support system and find God and center God in your relationship so you can have a healthy, sustaining, long lasting relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just pick back off that because you know people wait till something breaks before they get it fixed. But they, what they say that uh, prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah. And, People don't understand that. You know, I always tell people, never say you won't eat out of a garbage can. Just say you've never been hungry enough to do it. You know, mm. and and so what my wife said, do everything you can so you don't even have to get to the garbage. Don't wait till it's too late. So, yeah. But and for, for, for men, single men, this is what I tell single men to do. The best thing you can do instead of trying to find a woman is to, I say, stop trying to, to look for someone and start making yourself so interesting, so valuable that people will find you. 
Like that, it's, I tell people, it's the easiest sale to sell yourself when you're interested, when you have value, than trying to convince a woman that you are the one she should be with. So spend more time becoming high value as a person, and women will find you. Situations will open up, and it's like, man, she's right there. Because if you're not in your purpose, the worst thing you can do is find a woman that when you're not in your purpose. Because she'll keep you out of it. Because you'll spend so much time chasing her and trying to bring her into your purpose. But if you're in your purpose and you're interested and you're full of value, she'll be in that circle and it'll be an easier sale. You know, those are amazing points. And, and I've seen, you know, I mean, I, I've seen both of those points work out in people's lives and, and, you know, illustrated. Like, don't wait until it's too late to work on your relationship to get it built up. Definitely have some faith-based system in there. You know, God, send your, your relationships around something. And yeah. and for guys, 100%, Mike, what you said, so many guys are like, oh, man, how do I, you know, how do I get that girl to pay attention to me? How do I get that woman to like me? It's like, first of all, be likable. Be some yes. Yeah. So, and, you know, I've seen guys where, you know, you go to a party and, you know, that guy walks in. Hey, sometimes it's been me. And he walk in and it's like people mm-hmm. – People just like, like glom onto that guy. That guy, he's holding court. You know, he's got people around him. He's talking and, and you always see like, you know, cats laying back in the room, like they're hating a little bit. Sometimes they're jealous. Sometimes they're curious. Like, what is it about that guy? And it's like, well, that guy has elevated himself to the point that, you know, he, people want to know about him. And usually it's, he's comfortable enough knowing about other people, mm-hmm. you know, but that, that takes, you know, you gotta strive to be mature. You gotta strive to be well-rounded. You gotta, you gotta evolve. You gotta level up. So I think that's great advice. A hundred percent. I do want to ask you guys this. What are you working on currently and what's coming up next? Well, currently, uh, we're getting ready for 2020. We're connecting with a lot of people. One of the reasons we moved to Miami is because we wanted to create a retreat model. Basically, we wanted to combine, uh, marriage, health, marriage, coaching, singles event, combined with taking retreats and cruises around the world. Um, because sometimes it's better to come on a vacation and get help because it's, it's a better sale. It's like, ah, you, you know, because normally it's only when in a relationship is struggling, it's one person that want to work on it more than the other. But if the other one know that they coming to get drunk and eat <laughs> and hang out, all right, I'll go to the retreat, you know. Flies so, and honey, right? <laughs> right. You know, it's like, man, you know, you're going to pay this money for the counseling. I'm really just coming to get drunk. But, you know, we're going to kick it and, and, and grow. So we have a bunch of conferences that we're starting. Um, we have a workshop that's coming up the 11th and 12th currently, um, uh, depending on when this is uh, aired. But after that, we're going to be opening up our Love Academy, which is going to be an online portal so people can just go online and buy classes. And um, do self uh, step by step self help classes through our portal. So that'll be opening uh, within the next couple of days as well. And we're always offering free counseling sessions, right? People that want to do at least in a one session with us for free to assess what's going on in a marriage, and they walk away with tools, even if they don't do anything past that. So we're giving lots of value for people just to reach out to us. Yes, absolutely. And now uh, we recently have one of our movies that we produce called Friends, Family, and Lovers. It is now on Amazon Prime, so we're super excited about that. It's our first Coach My Love feature film. Um, so you guys check it out. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll learn. <laughs> nice. And we'll make sure we post a link uh, to that show, um, <clears throat> you know, in the uh, on the website and everything and on Instagram so people can, can uh, track that down. In keeping with the theme of sexiness, what is the sexiest thing about you two? Ooh. And it's funny, every, everybody hates this question because nobody ever thinks about what makes you sexy. So, Oh, I can tell what makes us sexy <laughs> as a couple. What makes us sexy as a couple is the true nature of our love for each other. Okay. Um, one thing people say when they see my wife, they say, man, I see how you look at your husband. I like to be an example where people can visually see the affection of how we watch each other. I think that's the epitome of sexy mm-hmm. because now you become an example. 
because my wife is, you know, she's beautiful. She, she's a model. She got all that. And, you know, she got the body. She got the face. And that's easy sexy, right? Because that's easy. You can buy that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but real sexy comes from the internalness of the love that we share for each other. Absolutely. Nice. Now, Michael, what makes you sexy? What makes you sexy? I said what makes me sexy is my drive, uh, my ambition. And I think that men, because one of the biggest issues we have on TikTok and a lot of the hate that I get is because I'm a big dude and I got a model wife. And immediately, guys, oh, he must got money. Uh, you know, you know, that's the number one thing that they think. He got money. He rich. And it's disrespectful when they say that because now you're saying my wife is a gold digger because they don't really know that inadvertently they're talking about my wife. Right. You know. Yeah, it's true. And you know, and they don't get that. My wife hates that. She's like, so what? That's all I'm good for. Like, you know, or they'll say something like, "Oh man, you a lucky guy." Like, why does why my wife can't be the lucky? Mm-hmm. You know, and and so I, you know, it's my drive, it's my love for God, it's my mind that makes me sexy. And those are good answers, Siobhan. What about you? What makes you sexy? Oh, I would say my character is what makes me sexy. My character is who I am, even when no one is watching. And that shows up across the board, whether it's within my marriage or with family and friends or, you know, in the comfort and peace of myself, you know, and having that um, in my relationship with God is what keeps me so centered and focused on continuing to build my character. And being a better version of myself more and more every day. Yeah. It helps her her booty jiggles when she walks. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that too. I like that. <laughs> That's one of those things where I can't confirm or deny because either way it gets me in trouble. It's like, why are you doing working on my wife's booty? And then it's like, what, you don't think my wife's got a nice booty? It's like, ah. It's jiggle when it walks, man. I don't know. God gave me that too. For my husband's eyes. I love it. There you go. He's a wise man for it. Let's go ahead and, uh, well, you guys kind of already answered this, but I'll say, I'll ask this question. What makes a man sexy? Because a lot of times, yeah, I'll hear from an audience, you know, guys think, guys think, what makes a man sexy and it's typically wrong and i'd like to get your take on what makes a man sexy okay so confidence yep. and usefulness that's always the number one answer and and, and yeah go and ahead i'm sorry sorry and, and and usefulness now there was a study that came out that we recently posted it was four images of the same man one man was useless and broke. One man was useless and rich because he won the lottery. One man was useful and wealthy. And the other man was useful but didn't have much and worked for a not-for-profit. And the survey showed that women, despite the men being wealthy or not, across the board found that useful men were most attractive because they had the capacity of making things happen as men and as leaders of their families and households. So I think that's a very sexy, very attractive. And you pair that with healthy confidence, can't go wrong. Michael? Oh, I was turned on. I forgot what you were talking. Uh, (laughs) He's like, she just sat there and described me for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So what makes men sexy or women? Uh, What makes men sexy? Uh, definitely what she says, you know, the confidence. I think a lot of men, the problem that men have, and that's why I get a lot of heat, is because men are turned on by the visual aspect of a woman, right? And they think that's the same way that women see men. Uh Uh-huh. And that's the problem. That's why men will send penis pics and think, I don't know why she blocked me. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Because she's, because you saw the pennies and she saw rape. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. they don't see the images the same way we see them. Yeah. You know? I, I, I've told friends, I said, boys think it's about the body, but men know better. Mm, good. And, you know, yeah. we've, you know, there have been, you know, models and actresses and stuff on. I always ask them, 
what makes a man sexy. And they always think, you know, they always say they get some guy that walks up and he thinks because he's got like 2% body fat and, you know, a 12 pack. Exactly. And, and she's like, boom, get out of my way. Or some guy will roll up and he's like, oh, here's my bank account. And she's like, boom, get out of my way. But it's the guy that's just brave enough to come up and say hi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I got one for him. Here's, here's a good statement for, for fellas. Listen, men and women can hear this, all right? When a man says you're sexy, he's looking at your body. When a man says you're pretty, he's looking at your face. When a man says you're beautiful, he's looking at your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well put, well put. Oh. Time for the quick game, you guys, where we like to give our guests a chance to run through some entertaining questions. Ballards, are you ready? We're ready. Yes, we are. All right. Don't, don't think about it. Just, I mean, don't overthink it. Just shoot me down an answer. And since there's two of you, you know, you guys both, uh, take turns, uh, you know, give me both your answers for each question. Favorite day of the week? Wednesday. Monday. Wednesday. Nobody ever picks Wednesday. I, that's. <laughs> You know, so, so, some people pick Monday like I'm gonna defy you know the whole thing. Mondays are terrible, but oh. Wednesdays like what? Wednesday. Wednesday. He said Mondays are terrible, and Wednesday is a anomaly. Yeah, I mean, some people say Monday because it's a challenge, and okay, I like that. That's good. It's unique. Invisibility <laughs> or super strength? Uh, visibility. That's because you guys are creepers. Uh, favorite season? <laughs> what was it? Favorite season? Spring. Summer. Oh, you know, you guys can drag your asses back up here to Chicago in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys, you guys need to get right. Uh, you guys lost. <laughs> oh, it's so cold in Miami. It's only 85. Oh, okay. Right? I mean, we're in Parkers when it's 40, 50, and that's as cold as it gets here. It's 50. It's yeah. Like, uh, Wait, what'd you guys do with all your winter stuff? You gave it away or what? I burned it at a sweater burning party. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that's so, well, that's wrong. I'm getting uh, a lot of my close to the goodwill and so close friends and families. Yeah, we we come back in November, right, for a weekend, and I don't know what to wear because yeah. I don't have. I'm like, I don't know what's gonna happen when we show up. Just yeah. pops and bikini pops. That's it. Uh, <laughs> you, you guys got to swing by like uh like a Nordstrom's or or something or Marshalls real quick to get a coat. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy in November. Cake or pie? Cake. cake. What kind of cake? I like. We call, I call it white cake. Like, <laughs> white cake. cake. Like angel food it's, cake. Yeah, like sort of like that. Yeah, vanilla on vanilla. Like I love that. <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I think we call that boring. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I like a vanilla cake. With vanilla icing on a white plate. <laughs> I do. He looks like that. You said that's with a with a plastic fork. <laughs> a white plastic. Hey man, and this I love it hey, because it's a clean slate. You gotta like what you gotta like. I understand. Yeah. How <laughs> about you? Same. No, mine is actually German chocolate cake. Now, oh, there we go. <laughs> about me i have a baking company called siobhan sweets and my german chocolate cakes i wasn't a fan of until i started making them and it was my top seller and that's all i craved during my whole pregnancy so i would say german chocolate cake so wait you guys got you guys have a a flourishing counseling business your tiktok stars and you also have a baker a baking business and a baby Yeah, yeah you guys have clones. There's no way to. <laughs> I, I, I gotta get, I gotta get the secret, man. But uh, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Briar's vanilla. You know me, man. It's vanilla on vanilla cake. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a white ice cream bo- uh, right. box <laughs> with black lettering. <laughs> no, even the lettering is white. You just guess everything. <laughs> I don't know. I can't explain it, man. Just, yeah. What about uh? Um, this cookies and cream, though, but that's a little chocolate. There you go. Favorite number? Seven. Three. All right, can and without cheating, you guys can't look at each other and, and help each other out. Michael, name one right. of the seven dwarves. Siobhan, same. Sleepy. Dopey. 
pretty good. You'd be surprised how many people just go, I, I, I can't name any of them. I'm like, did you not <laughs> have any kind of childhood? All right. Um, what's for dinner tonight? Oh, me. I just went quiet on that one. I was like, well, <laughs> I feel like this, that, that was good. I feel like this interview hey. just ended. Yeah. <laughs> they got stuff uh, to do. She was like, you know, oh man, I mean, I'm home. That's, um, that's, yeah, I, mean, there's, I, I really got nothing. <laughs> hey, and, and, and I love it. And that goes to show, man, like how amazing my wife is because a lot of men, and, and I didn't know this, man. I'm just saying this because from, from just a sex, and your show is sexy, right? Yeah. A lot of men struggle in areas of sex when it comes to their spouse. I, like the 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 porn industry has really have has created an expectation yeah. that is disappointing to a lot of sex lives. And mm-hmm. I think that's a real big reason why it's bad because men get with these women thinking it's gonna be this sexual explosion. It is not that for a lot of people. Right. Not me, but for a lot of people. Well, people, I think people, um, people lose the ability to distinguish fantasy from reality. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, like, all right, so let's say you you watch porn. You know, I've got, and I've got friends that are sex workers and we've had sex workers and stuff on the show, but it's like, okay, that what you see is a fantasy. That is not who that person is all day long. They, you know, they, they wake up with eye boogers. They go to the bathroom just like you do. Mm-hmm. And if you watch porn or, or, you know, look at sexy pictures or whatever in a magazine, yep. don't think that the, the woman you're going to talk to at Starbucks is going to be in there like any of that. Yes. Yeah. Just find where, find the area where she's sexy, where you can be sexy with mm. her and build on that. But let, leave fantasy where fantasy is. You know, it's like, you know, that's, you know, it's like fancy football. You know, I tell you, it's like watching, it's like watching Star Wars and then thinking that that's mm-hmm. how reality really is. You no, know, you ain't a Jedi. Yeah. You ain't got a lightsaber and you're not going to, you know, you ain't the cable man going to go over there and have sex with the housewife. It don't, it's a fantasy. <laughs> and I think if guys can understand that, then they don't run into some of the trappings that, that a lot of guys do when they do watch porn or, or, you know, look mm-hmm. on OnlyFans or because they think, well, I had sex with this woman. It was boring because, you know, a uh, tiger didn't come in. We didn't have a cage and, and leather and oil come out the ceiling. That's porn. That's not how real world works. You're lucky she kept the lights on. I mean, calm down, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> so. Lucky took her socks off. Yeah, I mean, you know, she she got cold feet. It's all right. <laughs> man. Um, big dogs or small dogs? Small big dogs. dogs. And my last question, who inspires you to? My wife inspires me. That was, my wife. Michael, that was the smartest and the only answer you could have given. Yeah. Now she could say, she could say anybody else, but you had to say my wife. Yeah. Yeah, she inspires me. She makes me a better man. She, she makes me be a better husband. Her love me out. She, you know, she out marriages me. And it, it just, I'm like, damn, you are really married. I mean, I'd be like, you in this for real. Like, she was more into the marriage than I was. We had filed for divorce four years into our marriage. And our marriage was destroyed. And we actually, I call it, our marriage died and our new marriage was reborn. And that's what we teach, too. So, yeah, my wife. Thank you. Thank you, And what's your answer? Not to be cliche, <laughs> but I would say my husband inspires me the most. Uh, he pushes me beyond my comfort zone to be better every day. He has shown me things and taught me things that I never thought would be possible for myself. He's helped me to learn confidence in myself and um, explore new things and be more fearless, be more confident. Um, seeing him I call him Mr. Make It Happen, right? He's the one person I know who can set a goal and work towards it and just make it happen. You know, a lot of people are talk and talk and don't do the walk, but 
so many occasions, like I have more faith because I see a lot of things that he said he's going to do manifest, like movie premieres in Los Angeles manifest, like amazing deals come through amazing. Even this move to Miami Beach, you know, he's been speaking it, he planned it and he's a man of action and by proximity is rubbed off on me where I feel like empowered, like, oh, there's more that I can do. I think I'm limiting myself. So he's definitely inspired me to live loud and live bold. And I love him every ounce for that. You know, they say uh, the only reason it's a cliche is because it's true. Mm. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, something I want to point out on, on what you just said, like fellows that are listening next to confidence, the sexiest thing you can have is not, you know, uh, the be six foot seven and, you know, 1% buy fat or drive a Lambo or have a, a bajillion dollars. Be a guy that gets stuff done. Like be a, a man of action and like women, women will, will fall over that because the world is full of a lot of people that just don't get shit accomplished. Now they true. They talk about it a lot. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I call them the, uh, I call them the gunners. They're always gonna do something, but the people that do it don't talk about doing it. They just get it done. And that's such an attractive quality, you know, for, for both sexes. I mean, one of the sexiest thing I find in, in, in a woman is a woman that can just get shit accomplished. I'm like, Oh wow. Like, you know, I'm going to get out of your way and I, and I'm going to watch you as you walk by and get it done because that's just nice to know that, you know, somebody can say they want to get somebody in their mind knows I want to get from A to B and they just do it. And that's, that's an attractive quality. So I, I, yeah, I can't agree with that any more than that. Good people, sexy people. That wraps up our interview with the insightful, the powerful, and the inspirational Michael and Siobhan Ballard. Guys, thank you so much for joining us this evening. One more time, let people know where to find you. Coach My Love everywhere. CoachMyLove.com, Coach My Love TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. We made it real easy. Um, Coach My Love. Reach out to us, guys. Get your free uh, assessment. And help, let us help you have a better marriage, better relationship. That is uh, awesome. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you soon. All right. Thank take care. You. What if you could be a better player for the cost of one more cup of coffee a month? Get access to a growing library of lit erotica, behind-the-scenes action, and player's guides with tips on drinking, cooking, fitness, dating, sex, and life after dark. Low tier rate while offer lasts. Patreon.com. Game on with Jack. Keep it sexy and game on.